Thanks for joining us this week for the Church at Sturkey Hills podcast. Be sure to visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. All right, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 6. I am so glad you're here. And before we get started, let me just say thank you to our worship team, guys. Let's give them a, a hand clap of praise for just leading us. And I want you to know... I want you to know their job is not to perform a song for you. Honestly, they, care, they could care less what you think about them. Their job, their goal, their agenda is to lead you into the presence of God. And your opportunity exists every week to either be a spectator or to dive in the game with the Lord Jesus and worship him. That's hard to do during the week. You might do it to a song on the radio. You might do it in a circle when you have a hard moment and you're in prayer. But an opportunity exists when we come together collectively and corporately to sing songs to God where you can worship. And I want to be very candid. We're we're launching into a brand new year. And it is a perfect time for you to let God have control of you during worship. And I'm not talking about being crazy, running around, taking up the serpent, drinking poison. I'm talking about the simplicity of just crying out to God in worship. Not looking at a word, the words on a screen. And you may have to cheat a little bit if you don't know the song. But uh, just be willing to raise your hand and say, God, I raise my hand because this song is speaking truth into my soul. Okay, just to worship, just let yourself go and worship Him. It's a perfect time. Why? Because it is January the 1st, 2023. Welcome to a brand new year, all right? And and, and we have the rest of our year to practice this, to to dive into this and to experience what God might do in your life. Now listen to me. You can have another mundane, run-of-the-mill, lukewarm, apathetic, miserable year if you want to in your Christian journey. And I'm not saying everybody does that, but I'm saying we all walk in that sometimes. Or you can step out of that Walk into the presence of God and let him uh, give you a fresh encounter and light your world up. And when God lights your world up, he'll probably light up some worlds around you. So the choice is yours, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to run from it, okay? I'm challenged. I, every time I preach, I have to chew on it like a cow chewing cud all week long. All y'all get is a little bit of the overflow. That's why I preach too long, because I chew on it all week. I'm going to just throw up everything God's shown me for the week. So I'm going to try not to do that today, but I do want you to know I'm excited because there's no better place to start a new year than in the presence of God, the one who authors a new year, the one who gives us breath in our lungs and the beat of our heart to experience a new year. Amen? Now, he's done that for us, and we're here. We could be anywhere else, but God has saw fit to let us be here in his presence, before his word, with an opportunity together to uh, learn and to hear from him today. Now, why is this important? Just like I said at Christmas, this won't happen again for 11 years. It will be 2034 before we meet again on Sunday morning as a January 1st service, okay? Lots of things happen in 11 years. I'll be honest with you, some of y'all ain't going to be here. It's just the truth. That's not ugly. I might be one of them. You want to know the whole, the whole truth of the matter? None of us may, may be here. Jesus could return and take most of us home. I thought I'd throw that in there because some of us ain't going. That's a big deal. We're going to talk about that today. You need to be sure you're going. I believe we're in the last days. I believe Jesus is going to return just like he said he would. 
I, I know he's going to re- return, but I believe he's going to come before my normal life cycle would run out. But whether he calls me home or whether he comes, comes and gets us in the, the catching away, the harpazo, the rapture, we got to be ready. And 2023, it's a brand new year. It's a good time to make things ready, to get things right with God. Now, when we enter a new year like this, it's, it, it's just special because it's on Sunday. And, and 2022, I'm just going to tell you, it's gone. It's gone, okay? And some of y'all say, well, kind of hate that. 2022 was a good year for me. And some of y'all are like, good riddance, right? And some of y'all are like, well, it's just a run of the mill. It's just another year. What's the big deal? Well, it's a very big deal. And, and I'm going to challenge us today as we launch into this new year to have a fresh perspective, a fresh mindset. You won't have another opportunity like today, okay? Because at the end of this day, it's gone, okay? This opportunity exists for one day. Now, you, you might have a similar opportunity, but it's on day two of the new year. And so you won't have this same launch into the unknowns with excitement about God like you will have today. We've been given, we didn't, we didn't design this, it was designed for us. We've been given 365 days. They're all 24-hour days. And so that means in a year, you have a little over a half a million minutes this year. Now, we've used a few of them last night while we slept. Or if you're sleepless like I was before I get to preach like this, you know, some of those I was meandering around in the dark, you know, going over my message. But we've used up some of our minutes, but we have almost a half a million left, okay? And they can be good minutes, and they can be godly minutes, or they can be our minutes taken away from God, lived for self, and miss out on the greatness, on the magnitude of the minute, because God is not in it. Before us right now, we have 364 and a half days left of this, this new year. And, and, and it is all unwritten and unlived. It's just out there, okay? It's just out there waiting for you to arrive. It's just waiting for you. Those minutes and years and hours of before, whether 10 minutes or 10 years, they're gone. You and I can't do anything about it. Oh, we could talk about them. We can kind of, you know, pontificate about the good things of our past and the bad things in our past, but we can't change them. Listen to me, church. We can impact and affect every minute that God will give us from this moment forward. And the choice is ours. God desires that for us. God desires to walk in those minutes with us step by step. So we experience the fullness of this life. Some of them are hard. and Some of them are easy. Some of them are full of joy. Some of them will be full of sorrow. But God desires to walk through every one of them. And the choice is ours. Now you and I can, that's not our default mode, so you and I can accept and, and stand under the banner of status quo, of life as usual, of our comfort zone, or we can take a walk with God. Now you can do what you want to. As for me and my house, me, I'm going to walk with God. It's my desire to change things. Listen, if we don't change anything, our relationship, our walk with God won't change. In fact, it will probably deteriorate more than it gets better and so today is the day where we can make changes and choices that will affect our minutes of tomorrow so we can experience all that God wants us to experience now just suppose for a second 
that we simply use this day, January 1, 2023, to recalculate the direction of our life. What if we just dialed everything in just a little bit? And on this day, this is the thing that we would choose to do. Because today, we can step into the world of the unknown in a different way. We can approach it from a different perspective, a different mindset. And I want to show you today what that mindset is. You see, it matters how we take our first steps. We we have four amazing grandchildren. And one of the fun parts of grandparenting or parenting is watching a child learn how to walk. They squirm around a little bit, waller around a little bit, roll around a little bit. Then they get up on their knees and they crawl around a little bit. And then they start climbing up stuff, get their balance, and then they start walking. And, and you've never seen one climb up and take off like a rabbit. They waller around, collapse, fall on the ground, you know, and it's fun to watch. And I don't mean that in a bad way, like, hi, hi, you can't even walk. I mean, it's fun to watch them learn this new part of their journey. But they will learn instinctively in just a very little time. It really matters how we take that first step. You can ask any athlete whether they are a running back or a wide receiver, whether they're dribbling down the court getting ready for a layup, whether they are running bases, whether they are in uh, gymnastics and they're wanting to try to do the Zapata. I thought I'd throw that in for something, but y'all don't even know what a Zapata is. You know what a Zapata is, okay? Maybe you're doing a Zapata. I would even venture to say even a bowler, if that is an athlete, even his first step, her first steps matter, Right? They do matter, and they matter even more in our spiritual journey. And I want to help you see today how you can take the first steps of this new year in a different way than you ever have in the past. Today in this very room, there are people who will not get off on the right foot. You will not launch well into 2023. And because you don't launch well... It will affect the trajectory of your 2023 life. And at the end of 2023, it will be in a place that you would rather not be simply because you came out of the chute on the wrong foot. You didn't launch well with your first steps into this brand new, unwritten, unlived years. You see, some people in this very room, and this is the church, man. And in this very room, there are people who will hang on to things in their life rather than walk forward in everything that God has in store for them. There's people in this room who have eating disorders, alcohol and drug abuse, moral weaknesses, debt overload, anxiety, anger, loss of zeal for living, and the list goes on and on and on. And that's in the church. That's right here, okay? Now I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you're not alone. And they're thinking, how'd they know it was me? Because it's universal. Because it's all of us. It's blanket coverage. We all have hang-ups and hurts and difficulties that we carry with us. And we allow it to prevent us from being everything that God intended us to be. And I want to show you today that it doesn't have to be that way. You may be here... And you've tried to change some of that stuff, right? You've tried to leave that, and you failed. It was an effort in futility. It accomplished nothing. It's because you 
tried to set yourself free from that stuff. This stuff is, is spiritual. It's not stuff you can set yourself free from. It's stuff that only God can liberate us from. And so sometimes we just need to recalculate. Now sometimes, on a very rare occasion, when I'm driving, I'll have my GPS on. And she tells me where to go. And I listen to her a lot. But sometimes the guy behind the wheel rises up in me. And it doesn't look like she knows what she's talking about. And so rather than listen to her, I say, I think it's this. And I do this. And because I do this, now I end up in a whole different place than I had ever thought I was going to try to go to to begin with. Right? And now I'm in the land of the unknown. That I don't, I'm not even sure now she even knows this exists. And so you start getting this information, recalculating. Anybody ever heard recalculating? Yeah, guys, you raise your hand. You know you do. Okay, recalculating. And then she starts telling me, take a left at the next stop sign. And then she says, take another left. And it goes on and on. And the more, now I'm listening more intently than I ever was before. I'm abiding. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. And I'm doing what she's telling me more than ever before. And the instructions keep going. Take a ride on the gravel road. Go through the lady's flower bed. Run over the cat. Hang a left. You have reached your destination. Right? Now, whatever she tells me to do at this point, I'm in. Right? Because I had to recalculate. And such as it is with our life, our spiritual journey, God, through his word, through good counsel of others around us, through his Holy Spirit, he gives us all of these perfect instructions for living our life. And we listen sometimes, and then sometimes we think, I don't think that's the best plan. Our plan rises up above God's plan, and we choose to do what it is we want to do, and we find ourselves in the middle of nowhere. And listen to me, it's not new. 3,500 years ago, Exodus chapter 4, 5, 6, and beyond, there's a guy named Moses who gets his instructions from a burning bush named God. And he chooses to listen sometimes, and he chooses not to listen sometimes. We saw it in chapter 4, verse 24. It said that God was getting ready to kill Moses. Moses and his family were on the way to Egypt. It sounded like he was doing what God wanted him to do. But in reality, he had missed a vital step in his journey along the way. You see, sometimes we think we can skip parts, accept parts. We can apply parts and ignore parts. We can shortcut uh, the process and go straight to the finish line. And God says, it's not that way. I have a journey that includes particular steps, and we must take step number one before we launch into step number two. And so in this particular case, Moses had not circumcised his son. He had ignored his fatherly duty. What God told him to do, he didn't do. He was ready to go to the next challenge. Sometimes we need to drop back and say, God, have I missed a step here? Is there something that's missing in my life to keep me from experiencing all that you have for me in this life? And, and, and God is the one who, who has everything for your life. Now, we, we, we try to manufacture that. We, we, we set goals and we, and we pursue things to, uh, to, to help us experience more of life. But all the while, God is on his throne. He said, I'm the author of this thing called life. I have everything you need. All you have to do is line up with me, listen to me, obey, 
and watch what I can do in your life. And that's what we're going to see today. 2023 is out there full of all of its unknowns. And you and I stand at the threshold of the mystery. Now, we can have discussions about what we think might happen in 2023, but we really don't know. Now, we can make a list of some of the things that happened in 2022, but those days are gone. 2023 is unwritten. And and most of us think we know what's going to happen in 2023, and we live like we know. Listen, we don't know what will happen in 2023. We just don't know. And so how do we move into this with confidence? How, or how can we find ourselves motivated to live fully and freely in 2023 and allow it to be the best stinking year we've ever had? How can we do that? We're going to learn from a guy who did it wrong 3,500 years ago. And we're going to hear from a God who is always wanting to reach into our mess and write a story out of it. The title of the message on the back of your worship guide is Motivation for the Unknowns. It's all unknown. Tomorrow's unknown. The rest of the year, unknown. How do we stay motivated to walk into that unknownness? We're going to see it today. We left off in Exodus chapter 5, and Moses was accusing God. Now, this is silliness, okay? And this is what we did. Listen to what it sounds like for Moses, and maybe it rings a bell. You've heard this. Maybe you've been the one that has said this. It says in verse 22 of 5, Moses returned to the Lord, and he says, Lord, why have you caused trouble for this people? Why did you even send me? From the time I went to speak to Pharaoh in your name, he has caused trouble for this people, and you have not rescued them. This sounds like a conversation with a five-year-old, right? I mean, it's always somebody else's fault. And this five-year-old mentality that Moses had, and he was not five, he was 80. This is an 80-year-old dude saying, God, it's all your fault. You started the whole thing. You made a mess of it. You didn't do what you said you are going to do. He's an idiot. Moses is an idiot. And he looks like us when we look in the mirror. Sometimes that's the way we treat God. And if you don't believe me, look at our culture. We live in a culture where everything is somebody else's fault. Woe is me and it's your fault. We live in this entitlement world where somebody owes me something. 3,500 years ago, Moses was the same way. This thing is a wreck, God, and you, you should do better than this. And so it's into this situation of blame gaming that God speaks. Now, blame gaming, yeah, blame gaming, I almost said it backwards, game blaming, kind of like some people call the seat heater a heat seater. Anybody got a heat seater in your car? Yeah, they're good, they're nice, okay? I almost said that backwards. But I want you to know this, blame gaming is not new. Genesis chapter 3, we got two good chapters of perfection and bliss, naked in the garden. It's perfect. And then the wheels fell off the bus, and the rest of the Bible, God is fixing what we broke, okay? But it's in that very first encounter after failure, God looks for Adam and Eve. Now, he knew knew where they were at. He was looking for a confession, not a revelation. He says, where are you? He said, we're in the bushes. We're hiding. Why are you hiding? Because we're naked and we're ashamed. 
Who told you that? And then God begins to ask them questions, and, and Adam says, well, God, it's that woman you gave me. I mean, she's naked, holding up an ap- apple. What's a poor guy supposed to do? And then he asks Eve, what is it you've done? Well, it's that serpent that you made. I mean, he's craftier than all of your creatures. You see, it's not new. But I'm telling you right now, it's wrong. Do not blame God for bad things that happen in this world. The bad things happening in this world is not a product of the absence of God or the presence of an uncaring God or the reality of a God who's not in control. Bad things happening in our lives simply is a product of a broken world. It happens to you. It happens to me. It happens to children of God, and it happens to children of the devil. Bad things happen in this world, and we can't blame God for it. And so everywhere we look, we see people who are just unhappy with their life, and they want to blame someone else. I want you to know something. I want to remind you as we launch into this year, I said it when I did the welcome. We got a big God. I like that. I like a big God. We live in a world that's downsized God and made him like one of us, which means we've elevated ourselves to be like God. That, that's so, that it, there's, a, there's a Greek word for that. You ready? Baloney. That's what that is. Another Greek word, hogwash. That's what that is. It's totally wrong. God is God. He's bigger than we can even imagine. There are no words in our vocabulary to describe him. There's, and we are nothingness compared to him. And yet he chooses in all of his infinite greatness to reach down and love us in a big way. So much that he would die for us. In scripture, it tells us how big God is. It says in Isaiah 55, 8, it says, His ways and thoughts are above our ways and thoughts. They're way outside the realm of what we can even collectively understand. We can put all of our brainiacs together and come up with pontificate about the greatness of God, but we, we can't even scratch the surface of who God is because he's that kind of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this about our relationship. He says, you can trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. That's the posture. We just go for him and say, God, God, you're God and you're amazing. You're a good God. And I don't bring that much to the table, but I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to surrender myself to you and let you do great things in my life. We got to understand that your life story is really not your life's story. Your life story is God's story written in your life. And the more we surrender ourselves into God's story, the greater our story looks. Not because we're great, because we got a great God who's in the middle of our story. And so often, I find myself wanting to write my own story. And I can write a pretty good story. You know what I'm saying? You can write a pretty good story. But you can't write the greatest story ever written because God is the one who writes that story. Now, I just want you to realize in real time that good things and bad things happened in 2022 only to point to the reality that in 2023, good things and bad things will happen in your life. If you had anything negative happen in your life, raise your right hand. Okay? You can put your hands down. If you had anything good happen in your life, raise your right hand. Okay? Now, if you didn't raise any hands, 
you are in big trouble in 2023, okay, because you, you get the full brunt of it. We've all had good things and bad things, all of us. And I'll prophesy, in 2023, listen to me, young people, older people, middle people, this year you're going to have some good stuff rocking your world, but you're going to have some garbage. It comes with the territory. That's the world we walk in. It's got good and it's got bad. The difference between the child of God adopted into his family in Jesus and the child of the devil, which is everybody else who's never been adopted into God's family, the difference is God will walk with us because he is our heavenly father. For people who have not been born again, for people who do not know Jesus in a real saving way, they walk through it alone, good and bad. Romans 8, 28 tells us that God, for his children, even the bad things, he makes good things out of it. And sometimes we may not see it in our lifetime. Because there's things that have happened in my life that I still don't see the good of it. But he knows what he's doing because he's God. We've already talked about that. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that in all things, God works for good. In all things, God works for good. Bad things, good things, run-of-the-mill things, he works for good. Of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose, the children of God. He works it together, and he, he turns it and makes something beautiful out of it. Now, we're going to look into chapter 6 today, and we're going to realize that for us to be motivated into the unknowns of 2023, it begins with faith. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. Scripture says that faith is the substance of things Substance of things hoped for, not seen. It's believing things are so, even when they don't seem so, simply because God said it was so. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I want you to know in 2023, it needs to be a faith journey for you. Instead of just always looking at things by what you can see and what makes logical sense, we've got to learn to walk by faith into the mystery of God. We see that in chapter 6, and this is how it begins. End of 5, Moses is saying, you messed it all up, God. Why did you even send me, God? You haven't done what you said you were going to do, God. This is his complaining. It sounds like us, okay? And God reigns in. It's in the middle of this mess, in the middle of his failure, in the middle of his whining and complaining, in the middle of faithlessness, in the middle of his lack of the right motivation moving forward that God just steps up and says, I got something to say. I'm going to speak into that. And he wants to speak into your life today. And we're going to see it in chapter 6. Number one, I want you to see what God says when uh, regarding the motivation to move into this year. Are you ready? The first thing he's, is, is to be released from yesterday. For you to experience all that God has for you in 2023, you first must be released from yesterday. you got to let it go. He says this in verse 1 of chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see that you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. For compelled by my strong hand, he will release them. And by my strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. This is Yahweh. Verse 3 I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. That word is El Shaddai, the God of blessings. But my name, the Lord Yahweh, which is the fulfiller of promises and blessings, he says, I was not known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they were living as resident foreigners. Now you say, what's that got to do with me? 
If you just thought that, just shake your head a little bit because I see it on your face. What's that got to do with me? This is God speaking 3,500 years ago to an 80-year-old man named Moses who was whining and complaining. Sure, he's going to get that message. It's true for you and true for me, just like it was true for Moses. God is a God who always offers release from our previous experiences, entrapments, and bondages. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of those things that we have been entrapped and bound to are products of our own choices, right? And some of those things are products of somebody else's poor choices in our life. And so I want you to know today, regardless of what it is that kind of keeps you captive, holding you back from moving forward with God, God stands at the prison door and says, I will give you release. I will open the doors of the prison. So, So our motivation into the unknowns of the future is found in God's desire to release us. Now, Often, being released from the past leads to failure because as soon as he says you're released, we try to, okay, the door's open. God pardoned me. He opened the door. I can now step out, and then we forget about God, and we start into this new journey on our own. And ultimately, if we're not careful, we find ourselves right back in the prison that we've been released from. Now, the key is not the people of Israel's uh, personal strength. And the key to being released for you is not your personal goodness, not your ability to do good, because if you were so able to do good, you wouldn't be bound to something in your past. It's not that. It's in God. In this, these short three verses, God refers to himself nine times. It's kind of cool. He says, I, I, my, my, I. God says, it's all about me. He says, I hear you whining and complaining. You're a goofball. You're an 80-year-old goofball. Okay, and I hear it all, but I'm not even paying attention to that because it's not about you, Moses. It's about me. And I want us to know today, it's not about us. This church is not about us. Your life is not about you. My life is not about me. It's all about God because apart from God, listen, none of it exists. And so it's all about God. And that is the beginning of our motivation to live freely into tomorrow because there's nothing in your yesterday say nothing that means absolutely nothing there is nothing in your yesterday that god cannot set you free from nothing there's there's no bondage he's not familiar with there's no entrapment that he's not familiar with there's no attitude that he's not familiar with there's no brokenness that he's not familiar with he knows them all and he is the one who, the only one who can release us. Number two, not only does he offer release, he remembered into the future. Now that's, that's some strange wording, but I want you to see this. Verse five now, he says, I have also heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving and I have remembered my covenant. Now I want you to be, I want you to understand something here. This is not like God is on his throne, you know, playing chess with Jesus and and he hears the whole nation, a couple of million of them, oh, God, we've been in here 400 years, oh, making brick. That's what it sounds like to God, I know, because that's what it sounds like when my grandkids whine. That's what it sounds like when I whine to Kendra. Yeah, That's the world we live in. And it's not like God was doing his thing, playing some game or, you know, piddling around in heaven, you know. And it's like this thing rose up, and he goes, what are they whining? Oh, man, I forgot. I forgot. We're in a covenant. 
Man, I forgot all about it. Thanks for crying. Now I remember what I was supposed to be doing. You guys have been hanging out for 430 years because I forgot my part. It's not like that. God God is not remembering as if he forgot anything. Listen to me. God cannot forget anything. It's outside of his nature. God remembers everything. You say, what about when it says uh, he, he, does, he remembers our sin no more. There's cast as far as the east is from the west. It's exactly what he does. He chooses not to remember. He doesn't forget. God can't forget. He's God. But he chooses not to remember things that he's pardoned or things that he's redeemed or placed under the sacrifice of his son Jesus. And so he remembers this thing. Now, if you are a child of God, you're a child of a covenant too. And God tomorrow isn't going to go, oh, man, we're supposed to do this for them. He's always perpetually remembering his covenant. Man, this is good. He is always, you as a covenant child of God, In the blood covenant of Jesus, listen to me, you are always on God's mind. He's always remembering you. He is always remembering in 1972 when a foolish little boy who was just as full of the devil as Satan himself, whose name was Joel, was in a revival And he sent his Holy Spirit to invite me into his family. And in all of my silliness and goofiness of a 10-year-old boy, I received that call into his family. Since that very day, he remembers. In fact, listen to me, before that day ever arrived, he was remembering that day. That'll make your head spin. He remembers things that hadn't even happened as if they have. Because God is, remember how big I said God is? Way outside of description. He's outside the time continuum. He's not confined to our minutes and hours and days and years. He's outside of that. And so when God remembers something that happened when he whispered all of the galaxy into place, or when he remembers what will be happening in heaven a billion years from now, or when he remembers this very day on the first day of 2023, when you got up and came to church, he remembers all of that as if it's happening in a fraction of time. He sees it all at the same time. And so when he says he remembers, it just means it's always on his mind. His covenant is always on his mind. That is so good. You and I need to practice having the covenant of God on our life, on our mind. We need to remember what God has done for us. We need to stop patting ourselves on the back and giving ourselves a good game because we're so good. We need to start remembering how good God is and that as children of God, regardless of what this day brings, we have an eternity with God in heaven because of his covenant with us through Jesus, his son. God is always remembering. The third thing I want you to see, this is really important. Now he's, he's released us. He's opened the prison door. And he remembers now, you're standing there, you've been captivated, incarcerated, you've been bound, and now the prison door is open, right? This is your comfort zone. You know yesterday, we know it's status quo, we got that. 
okay? But we're standing at the door of release, and we're like, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do next, okay? Meanwhile, God's remembering because he knows what he's done for you. I want you to know he doesn't stop there. The next thing is he rescues for redemption. You're rescued for redemption. Don't miss this. This is, this is powerful. If you're here and you have a struggle in your life, something that you just can't seem to beat, could be anger, could be pornography, could be alcohol, could be some form of drug addiction, could be some kind of a sexual pursuit, could, could be whatever. You make a list. You put, your, put your flavor on there, okay? In all of those, he swings the door open. He remembers now the covenant he's made with you. He doesn't stop there. Now he's going to rescue you because you can't rescue you. If you could rescue you, Jesus would not have to come to this earth 2,000 years ago, spread his arms out on a cross, and die a brutal death, bleeding to death for our sin. He wouldn't have had to do that if you could rescue yourself. But we can't rescue ourselves. Now watch this. Verse 6. He says, therefore, tell the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out. From your enslavement to the Egyptians, I will rescue you. From the hard labor they impose, I will redeem you. With an outstretched arm and with great judgments, I will take you to myself for a people. And I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from your enslavement to the Egyptians. When God releases us from something, we no longer stand at the prison door thinking, well, this is great. I've been released I am bird free and I've been released. We don't stand there. The rescue, God says, come on out. And he invites us. And we step out into that unknown. Why? Because he's doing all the work. You didn't read nothing about Moses in there. If it is, he just listened to Moses, tell him this. It's about God. The story is about God. And he says, I've released you. I've remembered the covenant. I'm inviting you to step out into the unknowns of What's next? And I will be with you. God says, I'm bringing you out. He, listen, I tell people all the time, if you're struggling with something, um, I str- I've shared this before, so I'll share it again. I, I struggled with pornography when I was a young man. I was addicted to it from the time I was about 10 years old. I didn't go looking for it. <laughs> it came looking for me. And I can tell you what the first image I ever saw in a magazine. This was in the... This was in the uh, this would have been in the early 70s, okay? Nothing like the, 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 the mess that it is now. And the young people, I just warn you, don't mess around with that stuff. I know it's everywhere. It's terrible and ungodly, and it will captivate you. I tell the rest of you, because it's a problem. Men, it's a big problem for y'all. It's men in this room right now who view it on a regular basis. You've got to get away from that. There's some ladies that do. Stay away from that stuff. It's of the devil. I'm telling you it is. It's ungodly, okay? And it's captivating. And I remember thinking, I don't know that I'm, how can I ever stop viewing this pornography? And I would try to stop viewing pornography, just like many of you have. It's like many of you have tried to stop drinking alcohol. Some of you have tried to stop taking pills. Some of you have tried to stop being angry. Some of you have tried to stop this or stop that. Listen to me. It doesn't work. Because God has released you. He has remembered his covenant that he's made with you. 
but you haven't allowed him to rescue you. You're trying to rescue yourself. Read the passage. God says, I, God, am the one that does, I'm in the rescuing business. I'm the rescuer. I'm, this is about me, not about you. And so he does all of the rescuing. He says, you, he's changing the narrative. He, he's, he's wanting to say to Israel, you were called slaves of Egypt, but I want to call you children of God. No matter what parts of your life may be enslaved, if you are born again, you are no longer a slave. Somebody needs to hear that today. If you're born again and you feel captivated to some addiction or hang-up or difficulty in your life, you listen to the preacher. You are not a slave. You may be enslaved, but you are not a slave a child of God cannot be a slave to the world. You can be enslaved, but you cannot be a slave. That's not your title. Don't you listen to you. Don't you listen to the devil. There is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ. The devil condemns you, not Jesus. If you're a child of God, you are a son of God. A child of God, you're free. Romans 6, 6 says, you know that our old man was crucified with Jesus so that the body of sin would no longer dominate us, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Galatians 4, 7 says, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through God. God paid our sin debt through Jesus, his son. And it's time that many of us receive that redemption this is so good. When he opened up the prison door, he didn't walk away and said, there you go, have at it. He said, I want you just to step out of that right here to me. My arms are stretched out wide for you. I'm gonna grab you as soon as you step toward me. It's so good. He says, I'm gonna grab you. I'm gonna wrap my big old God-sized arms around you. I'm gonna wrap you up and then we're gonna go on a journey together. That's what it looks like. See, a lot of times we try to walk away from stuff, but we got nowhere to land. And there's this, still this void in us that's searching, that's, that's starving for that thing. And God doesn't do it that way. He says, I'll set you free. I'm all about this covenant. And, and, and I will rescue you. I will take you from that and deliver you to this. And this, God says, has a name. And it's God. And so he releases, he remembers, he rescues, he redeems. And he's not even finished yet. It's all beautiful. But I want you to listen now what he does. He rewarded as promised. Verse 8, he says, okay, I've redeemed you. You're out of that thing now. Your son's no longer slaves. He says, I will bring you to the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. And he finishes it up. And he says, because I am the Lord. So good. He doesn't stop just by redeeming us and bringing us to him. He then begins to lavish us with blessings, fulfilled promises, things that he wants to do in our life that we would, we would never experience in the bondage of our past. 
we would miss it if we don't go to him and receive it. In these eight verses, God has given us a motivation to walk boldly, confidently into the unknowns of 2023. Not in ourselves, but in a good and loving God. In these short eight verses, listen to me, God refers to himself 22 times. You see where the focus of it is? God. It's not us. It's God. And when we let God be God in our life, look out. It's going to get real good when it gets real godly. And so, who is this God? How do we get to that place? All right? How do we apply this? Well, first, let's be reminded of this great God. He's the God. He says in this passage, with all the power. He's the God who breaks chains. He's the God who makes promises. He's the God who completes or fulfills promises. He's the God who notices the condition of his children. He's the God who remembers his relationship, his covenant with us. He's the God who redeems us. He's the God who claims us as his own children. He's the God who rewards his children. He's a God who is like no other, eternally and infinitely greater than anything we can even imagine. That's the God who invites us into the unknowns of 2023. And we've got about 364 and a half days left. And I want to encourage you along with me. Let's step into that and watch what God will do in our lives, in our families in our churches because God wants to do a thing he just needs us to align with him to do it so now how do we do that how do we launch well okay here's one way you need to have accountability you do okay you don't have to I'm saying you need to you'd benefit from it how do you do that you get in a group how do I get in a group on the back of your life guide there's a little tear off you put your name on there my name's Jimmy my wife's name's Lisa we're 42 years old I need a group and we'll have a group reach out to you you need to be in a group because you learn you learn others in the church that you can walk alongside with we're starting a new group Kendra and I if you're newly married and don't have any children yet you're invited it's that simple what about us who have children? We got another group for you. What about 80-year-old people? Got a group for you. We got a group. And if we don't have a group for you, we'll let you start one. How's that? Praise the Lord. Thank you for volunteering. How else can you dive in, launch into this new year? You ready? You say, well, I don't, I'm not real groupy. I'm not real socially. Okay. Okay, fine. Skip the group. It's a mistake, but you can skip it. Number two. Just like Moses had failed to take the first step into the journey well by not circumcising his son, which is the mark of the child, children of God, some of us in this very room have never been baptized biblically. What does that mean? It means you've never been immersed in, waters, in water after you were saved. You may have been sprinkled, nothing wrong with that. You may have been baptized with a whole bunch of kids, but, but then you got saved later. Your baptism is on the wrong side of your salvation. You need to be baptized. It's in the Bible. You can't run from it. Okay? Guess what? 
We want to help you with that too. Next Sunday, we're going to baptize people right there. Okay? I've been baptized, baptized hundreds of people. I've never lost one. You can be encouraged. Maybe you're afraid. Well, I'm just scared to get in front of people and be dunked in the water. Uncomfortable. Oh, is where God shows out the best. Uncomfortable is where he meets us. You can, that, that little tear-off card on your life guide, my name's Jimmy. <laughs> I'm 42 years old. I'm looking for a group. I need to be baptized too. We'll baptize you next week and put you in a group all on the same day. Check two boxes. And, and it's not about checking boxes. It's about aligning yourself, posturing yourself, launching into this new year. Well, I'm telling you. I'm, not, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm not done. What else can you do? You can serve. Maybe you're in a group. Maybe you've been baptized. Are you serving? We always need help serving. Some of you all would meet great greeters. I greet people. You know that. I enter greet. I exit greet. I love greeting people. I'm delighted you're here. I mean that from my soul. I'm delighted you, you're here. These, I, most, I'm most delighted right here. I hate this for you all. But right here is the ones I'm most delighted about. Young people. Because you got your whole life in front of you. you got a big God watching you, reaching into you, wanting to use you in big ways. I'm delighted. I'm delighted all of you here. Some of you all meet great greeters. I mean, when I say, hey, welcome, good to see you. Man, you're grinning right back. Some of y'all don't need to be greeters. Maybe you'd be good on security team, carrying a pistol or something. I don't know. Okay? But some of y'all be good greeters. Some of y'all would be great in the connection center. Some of y'all would be great serving students or serving uh, our children in the back. Find a place to serve. God will bless your socks off. It's posturing yourself well into a new year. Giving. We have a very generous church. You all are good givers. And some of you haven't experienced that yet. You haven't walked in the freedom, of financial freedom yet. Where you trust God. Maybe you trust God with your soul and your eternal destiny. But you haven't learned to trust Him with your finances yet. I want to encourage you to start giving to the church. I'm not on commission. They don't, check, they don't raise my pay because you give. Okay. God raises your pay because you give. Okay. I would be a thief not to tell you about the blessings of God in financial generosity and stewardship. Start giving. Try that. What else can you do? Faithfulness. You all are off to a good, good start. The very first Sunday of a new year. This won't happen again in 11, for 11 years. And you can start being more faithful to the Lord's church and let God bless you through faithfulness. Bible study. We have something we have access to. It's called Right Now Media. I think there's 30,000 things on there, teachers a whole lot greater than me, that you can just watch and learn on your own time. It's free. All you have to do is contact Tim Stallings, Tim at Sturkey.Church, and he'll hook you up, and you can just search there and find all kinds of stuff that would help you in your journey. We've got a men's event coming up on uh, January 14th. Every man in here should be here. You should. It's going to be one of the coolest days for men in the life of church. It will be the coolest day we've ever had. And I want every man in here to be here. I want you to bring men, friends that you run around with, you work with. I want you to bring your boys and bring your, your dads and bring your brothers. Bring your neighbor's kids, boys. It's a man day. It's going to be cool. We're going to have all kinds of stuffed animals if you like that stuff. We're going to have some great speakers. We're going to have great food. I want it. Men, it's a good way for you to launch well into the new year. And the greatest of all, are you ready? All of that is amazing. And if you do that, you'll be blessed. I promise you. I, I, I can't tell you anything else, but it's just true. Kendra and I have been married for a long time. 
We've been in churches that allowed us to be a part of that, and our lives are blessed. They just are. Is it all perfect? No. But they're blessed. But the greatest thing you can do, and it's just you and God, are you ready? Is to develop a relationship with Him in prayer. I'm a guy, not my strong suit. It's very difficult for me. Candid, transparent, it's hard. But I pray a lot. But I never feel like I pray enough. Last year we wrote a prayer guide. So this year, this is second edition. And I didn't know what I was going to write this year. Because last year, I liked the prayer journey, uh, the journal last year. And so God put a thing on my heart. And this is what turned out. Is it perfect? No. Are there some typos in there? Yes. Many of you will never find them because you won't read it. That's beside the point. <laughs> Many of you won't find it because you read it and your spelling is worse than mine. These are at the altar. You don't have to take one, but I encourage you to because I want you to know this. A praying church is a church that God begins to move in powerful ways in changing lives and changing culture and so let's close for today maybe you're here today and the first step you need to take in your journey is to hear this God on this day the first day of a brand new year has reached into your heart today and his desire is to swing open the doors of your bondage and release you and he wants to establish a covenant with you that he will remember forever. And he's inviting you to step into his rescue, which be, means being redeemed, born again, saved, adopted into his family. Okay? How do, how do I do that? You ready? You agree with God. Did you know that's what the word repent means? It means to change your mind 180 degrees to simply agree with God about what? I'm a sinner. <laughs> I mess things up. And God, you're perfect. And because of my imperfections, you can't take me like I am. So God, I agree that I'm a sinner. And I believe in this moment that Jesus came from heaven and died on a cross. I believe that fact with my brain. But I believe in my heart that he did it for me. So on this day, God, I want Jesus to come into my life and rescue me and redeem me and call me your child forevermore. And he'll do it. That's it. And then you follow with baptism. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the book of Exodus. I thank you for the story of Moses. It's all good stuff. But God, I just thank you even more for the greater story that greater story is the story of you God I pray on this day that as we launch into the unknowns of this new year that we as your children we as a church would launch on the right foot that we will move forward in the right way and respond to what you have for our heart God I pray if there's someone here today that needs to receive your gift that they would do that today they would not put it off and that they would make it public. That they would take the card off the back of their life guide and say, my name is, and on this day, 
I receive Jesus for my salvation. What do I do next? God, I pray that in this moment, as we finish this service, that people would be willing to tear off those cards and make commitments so that they're making choices, volitional choices, to do things different in 2023 than they did in 2022 so that the outcome will be different in 2023 than it was in 2022. God, we give you the praise and the glory for it all because it's all about you. And we pray it in the mighty name of your son and our Savior Jesus. And God's people said, amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.